0: I'm a handshake and I'm a spud with a blade. I remember cooking skater day by day. I ain't your average quitter. I don't put up a golf. I'm doing the best I can. The 20th day, don't be a day, I'm I'd have to nothing but love for you. Well, welcome to The Path Forward, Utah. I'm Jamie Rinder, your host. And um, anyway, <laughs> had a little rocky start this morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> Trying try to get logged on to the podcast. So anyway, it's been a great weekend. Excited to to move forward this beautiful Monday morning and, and see how we can move forward in the state of Utah and in our great country that we love in. So I'm going to start by just talking about... Um, an event I went to last night. It's uh, more of the documentary that I've mentioned in the past. It's being done on uh, James and John Sullivan. And uh, last night we had two members, of the Black Lives Matter Northern Utah, uh, join in with us on some conversation. So I'm just going to talk a little bit as we get started this morning on why words matter. Because uh, I like one of the girls that was there. Um, Jakari, i've had on the program and i really like Jakari. we're pretty far apart on our understanding of where we need to join together but we have established a friendship and i think that's where most things begin is at least on trying to reach out and uh, you know the the saying that no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care so i think jacari truly knows that I'm passionate about wanting to make and create change, positive change that will uplift and impact the black American community. We definitely approach things from a different direction and we see things from a different historical perspective perspective as well, as well as political, but uh, ultimately we want the same goal. And that is to, to try to lift up those who are suffering, who have despair, who have not had the opportunities that, uh, America could afford them. And so ultimately we want the same thing. So last night as we're recording this and I'm an observer last night, just to make sure, you know, that things are kind of worded right or that the right topics get put in. Um, and so she starts off on the white fragility statements and, uh, I heard this word like four or five times. And the more I heard it, the more offended I became at the term white fragility. And uh, I haven't liked it in the past, but for whatever reason last night, it really bothered me. And I thought if that really bothered me, who is very passionate about this cause uh, of outreach to black Americans in the Republican Party, of trying to really find solutions to the problems that... um, the black Americans' face, then it really has to bother other people who've never tried to make this connection. And so, partway through, I just finally said, Okay, I've just got to tell her how much this really bothers me. Uh, so, I, I sat down and uh, I said, Let's interrupt this for a second. And and uh, I said, Shakari, I said, Words just really matter. And we have to choose our words really carefully if we're going to change hearts and make change. And I said this, the way, not just the way you use it, I mean, the term that's being used, but the way it's been used, I said, I'm really offended by it. And uh, and so before I went over there to approach her, I thought, what is a better word that could be used? And I thought awareness, you know, that's the word that really should be used is um, is making people who aren't aware aware uh this fragility you know it just implies that you're weak that you're fragile that you're incapable i mean it just it's a very condescending word i said you know if that if that word was flipped around and used as black fragility uh blacks would be infuriated with it and so i think anytime you can't flip a word around and use it in both cases it's probably not the best word to use so anyway i'm working on that and she was you know the thing that's nice is we have this friendship now and this relationship where we can be honest with each other because i I truly do believe we want the same thing Um, but this particular word just really rubbed me wrong. (laughs) So we're still working on it, but, uh, I think if we can at least start using language that maybe we can hear each other on, then we can hear what the message is behind that. I don't know, Brian, what is your thought on the word white fragility? It triggers me and makes me upset. Doesn't? I'm is kidding. No. Are you, okay. So, are you okay with the word "white fragility"? Do you understand where she's, uh, she or they are coming from on that? Typically, when I hear someone use that word, they're using it in in a taunting or trolling way. Oh, you can't handle what I'm saying. That must be your white fragility. So, I kind of look at it as just it's it's trying to elicit a reaction. Usually, I won't give them the reaction. So, people, but but if you're trying to really make change, is that? Would you think that's the word that should be used in in this or? I think there are more persuasive ways than simply implying that uh, you are so broken or you are so fragile that uh, that I have to show you what to think. Yeah. Okay. well, there was something again in the past. I haven't liked the word, but it didn't rub me quite the way it did last night and I was just really bothered by it but you know I was grateful that Jakari took the time to hear me out and we had some discussion about what some other words I want her to be successful she's a leader in a movement that she feels passionate about and that she sees that uh changes need to be made but uh sometimes um if you really want to make those changes and not just force the change. I mean, sometimes you can force, you know, a little square peg through a round hole. If you bang on it hard enough, you'll never be able to move it once it gets, you know, stuck and wedged in there. But is it true change? Is it really changing people's hearts and change that will last and empower generations to come um, with that changed heart? And uh so, yeah, you might be able to shame people into realizing that that yes, they were born with a you know two parents in their home or that they had this opportunity or that and and uh, so they should feel bad about something in their lives because somebody else didn't have those things. Um, but I don't think it's going to produce the lasting change in humanity that uh, that we need to seek for. So, anyway, I just I, I thought of Jordan Peterson, my one of my favorite people, as I'll continue to mention, um, and uh, started reading his book that I, I mentioned came out. Uh, March 2nd, so it's a slow read because, one, one, every word does matter with Jordan Peterson, and he's very careful with the words that he puts in there. And so it does take you a couple of uh, read-throughs to totally internalize everything, all the message that he's getting in there. But one of the things that Jordan preaches on a regular basis is that we have to be very careful with the words that we use. So i I want to say this to our side too, is that uh, we need to be careful uh, as we reach out and we try to express ourselves that we're careful with the words that we use um, in, in the well in any argument, whether it's with our spouse or with our children, um, but specifically right now as we're dealing with these racial issues that have separated us and the people have intentionally tried to divide us. And as we try to find some resolve and some solutions that um, can help move us forward, let's be very careful with the words that we choose. Let's not be reactionary. Uh, I mean, I could have been very reactionary last night. And as I sat there, I was feeling myself being reactionary. And, um, and then I thought, you know, I looked up some alternative words and I went over there to try to explain to her how that makes me feel. And that's kind of what she was saying in the whole white fragility that oftentimes when a black a black person tries to tell a white person how they feel like when, when white people come up and touch their hair and say, Oh, I like the texture of the hair. It's so cool feeling that, that, that is an invasion of their space. And, uh, and so that was one of the examples that she was using. And I think, you know, a lot of this just unawareness, you know, that that, that that's really uh, an invasive Things. sometimes we just do stuff out of stupid you know i was pregnant four times and people come up and want to touch my belly you know Ooh. <laughs> and so I, I i could relate to that so anyway when we get back on the trump uh well the trump tater the trump tater is sponsoring the path forward utah and uh, so when we get back on the path forward utah we'll talk about more things that can help us move forward in a positive direction <music> Oh, oh, Welcome to the Path Forward Utah. And the Path Forward for Utah is the Path Forward for America. Uh, The Trump Tater sponsors this program. I'm kind of sad that we shifted the names, but uh, for logistical purposes and to bring on a team of people that I feel like are going to be able to help move Utah forward. and also hopefully to, to reach out and get a few sponsors so we can get this message out to a lot of people. I uh, had to humble myself and, and uh, change the name of this podcast, but uh, we are going to leave the Trump Tater as the sponsor. But I uh, just want to remind my audience what a Trump Tater is, because I hope this message goes forward um, through generations of time. And just like the word dictator, when we think of dictator, we think of uh, Hitler. And uh, I mean, there's multiple different. uh, We can think in Russia. We can think in China. We can think of multiple different leaders that have uh, have that name. But probably one of the first one that pops into our mind in our time frame is uh, Adolf Hitler. And so when we think of Trump-tater, I want us to think about President Donald J. Trump. Because a Trump-tater is someone who outclasses, outshines, and outperforms, defeats someone or something, a dependable and exemplary person. And, uh, and I believe that uh, President Trump was all those things. Now, you can say he was defeated in this last election, but we all know that's not true. And uh, however, he's not our president right now. Uh, even though in my heart, I believe he won and won by a landslide with more votes than any presidents ever had. But uh, so he's not president, but he is still making moves and he is still out there uh, trying to change our country, making sure good, good leaders are elected. And so when we think Trump Tater in the future, this is the real definition that I just stated there. So anyway, we're gonna get back on and talk about uh, the things we can do to move our country and our state forward. So again, I put together this team and I hope that uh, if you listen on a daily basis that, uh, that you like the team we put together so every other tuesday ryan woods from uh log cabin republican parties at le- at, uh, at least every other tuesday maybe more often than that but every other tuesday uh, ryan woods aka lady maga will be on and he will be addressing issues um, that, well, all American issues, but specifically his niche that he's going to help us with are reaching out to the LGBT community in our messaging and in accomplishing the bills that we need to get passed, like HB 92, HB 302, the issues on transgenders, biological males competing in female sports, on what we allow children um, in transgendering. And, and that number, as we've mentioned in these podcasts before has gone up to five from 2015, five females, and it tends to be more females in the state, uh, five females to 675 in 2020. Uh, this is an incredible jump. And we've got to understand why. And, uh, Because these changes impact these young people for the rest of their lives. So we've got to be wise as adults, even as we allow people the freedom to make the choices that they want to make as adults. And right now I have kind of started leaning, you know, from conservative, not libertarian, but I'm just all about freedom at this point. And my and so if I want to if I want my freedom I decided I've got to respect other people's freedoms. There are some boundaries, and those boundaries are when it impacts the innocent and impacts the children. So, abortion, you know, very pro life, and uh, and also when it comes to uh, kids that are confused or don't necessarily. Uh, Know where they stand on sexual their sexuality. I do not feel that we should be allowing permanent life changing uh, procedures and drugs to take place that uh, can forever impact these kids. So there are there are a couple of things that we have to in our in our desire for giving other people the freedom that they want that we have to make sure that we protect the innocent. And um, so these are two of the areas. Uh, that I see. And I have a dog scratching at my door if you want to know what that noise is in the background. Um, (laughs) So anyway, again, I I have shifted my mindset to freedom and how do we protect our freedoms? How do we make sure as we move forward that we're going to continue having the freedom of speech, the freedom to and again, I don't own a gun because I'm irresponsible and I shouldn't own a gun. I can't remember where my keys are half the time. And I'm going to let this dog in, so I'll be right back. Just a second. Actually, actually, the dog was in. He wanted out. <laughs> so, anyway, um, thinking about freedom again, uh, freedom to bear arm, you know, right to own a gun. I I support this more than. Uh, Even though I don't own a gun personally, I support other people's right to own a gun and will fight for that. I just have to look, if you're going to own a gun, you have to be responsible. You can't leave it where a child can access it. Uh, recently here in Ogden, there's a young man that's facing um, charges as an adult because he and his friend were smoking pot and drinking and pulled out their parents' gun and and the one friend shot the other, uh, whether... Uh, It was accidental, but it was in a a moment of when their brains weren't acting and, you know, properly functioning because they were consuming um, dabbing, I guess is what it's called, uh, with marijuana and drinking at the same time. Bad combination. And uh, now his uh, best friend has lost his life and he's being charged uh, with first degree murder. And. uh, so as parents, as adults, we have to be careful that we make sure that if we own guns, that uh, that we know where they're at and they're not accessible and that we're aware of what our children are doing, uh, because it is a big responsibility. But nonetheless, we should have the freedom and the, the freedom of um the government intruding on our lives and reading our emails or knowing where our phone conversations are to and from, even, you know, as we continue to move forward with technology um, in our transportation, uh, there's a certain degree of freedom that, you know, that I feel like we lose in this technology as we move forward. I like an older car. I mean, it doesn't have one of those little boxes on that people can peg where I'm at at all times, um, same with your phone. So not that I go any place of significance, but it's just that thought that, uh, that we lose that position of privacy. Um, so a- anyway, these are the things that I, I just want to move forward with is protecting our fundamental freedoms. And in that process I've had to decide that I have to let others live and let live with their freedoms, but we do have to protect children. So, anyway, we also brought on Ignacio Valdez uh, in Caliente, uh, which is going to—he's going to be giving us the hot news of the day, and he's going to be on every other Thursday. Um, and the need to reach out to Latino Americans in the Republican Party. On Wednesday, we have Dr. Marcy, uh, Ask Dr. Marcy, uh, a PhD in human development and her degree in family counseling, who can help us move forward with positive mental health and kind of address issues that are in the legislative uh, branches that impact mental health and human development. And then Bob McAtee on Fridays, who's going to, help us with some strategic planning uh, with legislation and other things as we move forward in Utah. So that is the team of Path Forward Utah. So make sure you you catch these programs. And then again, I'm going to have, because my passion is outreach to Black Americans, I'm going to have conservative Black Americans on. I'm going to have liberal Black Americans on. And we're going to have hard discussions on how we need to move forward and uh, and what we can agree on and uh, work together on, as we move forward on race relations. So that is the Path Forward Utah program. And again, the Path Forward Utah is the Path for America. So we'll be back in just a minute on the Path Forward Utah. Music we mm-hmm. Welcome back to the Path Forward Utah. I'm Jamie Rinda, your host today. Don't forget, tomorrow is Dr. Marcy, so join her at 10 o'clock. And um, anyway, going to talk about some issues that are uh, going on in our world today and how they apply to uh, my vision of the Path Forward. I am just uh, one amazed at uh, the audacity Nancy Pelosi has And it's not just been Nancy Pelosi, it's been like all the Democrats now, it's like, oh my gosh, you know this thing at the border, we inherited this problem. No, you didn't inherit this problem, Nancy. Uh, President Trump had done the best out of any president in our lifetime to try to secure our border, to build a wall, to put up defenses, to discourage, to make arrangements with Mexico, to keep people in Mexico while they're seeking asylum. Uh, to end catch and release, to send people back to their their native their home countries, if um, he had all kinds of things in place and uh, best control of our border in a long time. And what does the Biden administration do? First, they come in and they stop all production of the wall moving forward that was already paid for it and under development. Uh, they stop the catch and release program. They Basically just give them an open invitation uh, to people to send their children across the border uh, alone or with people that could definitely uh, take advantage of their children. Uh, so, I mean, all kinds of problems that the, the um, unoccupied or unaccompanied children are up 750%. And um, I was reading, and they won't let people at the border uh, to check on these kids. No cameras. No, 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 no. And under President Trump, I mean, all kinds of accusations about how horrible kids were being treated, and they weren't being treated horribly. Uh, the Trump administration did an incredible job. He was just continuing the policies of the Obama Biden administration, and uh, but doing it much better. And uh, because he put so many restrictions on and, and discouraged this type of immigration. Um, so the Biden administration now is at like 700% capacity. So kids are only being allowed to take a shower once a week. They're having to rotate sleeping on the floor Um to be able to fit everybody in it's crazy stuff and they won't let any cameras in. So all of a sudden they're saying, you know, what they inherited they inherited from the Trump administration. What a bold face lie. So I want to talk about why this matters. One, we're in the midst of talking about a lot of problems, trying to deal with our nation's past and reparations continue to be brought up. Um, I'm not for reparations just because the application of how do you go about giving uh, reparations out to people but i am for a significant investment into black america and uh, president trump had that significant investment planned through his platinum plan a half a trillion dollars to go into economic revitalization of down of these communities that are in such great despair of creating entrepreneurship and jobs and, uh, and also giving school choice so they can get their kids out of these horribly failing educational systems. So I'm going to talk about why the border matters on really us solving some problems within America. Because not only does this illegal immigration cost America billions and billions of dollars, it also takes its human toll. And for us to make real changes in these communities and people's lives that are struggling so hard in america it takes a human investment it doesn't just take throwing money at a situation so one of the reasons i'm against a lot against reparations is the same reason i'm kind of against the lottery is that um you know people win these lottery winnings and for the most part they find that the money is gone and their lives are no better After the winnings and uh, so unless you have some human connection um, with some directed money to try to elevate communities out of this despair and hopelessness, you're probably not going to be very successful just throwing money at it. It takes the human connection there on mentorship, on business ownership and trying to trying to help people change from one, pos, you know, one position in their life to make these big changes. It's not easy and it takes, you know, I work a lot with the homeless and, uh, and we feed the homeless. I, and I say we friends of mine feed the homeless every week. I help on occasion. And as I go down there, uh, the connections that are made, with the homeless are the most important thing. Yes, feeding them, you know, f- food on Sunday or on Saturday because the homeless shelters don't feed on Saturday and Sunday uh, is important. And, but what's more important is that human connection. They, they know somebody loves them, that uh, it, it's, you know, recognizing from one Sunday to the other that somebody had boots on that had a hole in them. So we try to go out and find a pair of boots that would fit this person or that someone's jacket didn't seem warm enough. So somebody that was there recognizes and goes out and buys a jacket for that person. The human connections um, are what matter more than throwing money at a situation. And so we're not only just uh, spinning our our. our resources, financial resources on illegal immigration, but it's the the human resources that is exhausting our nation right now because it takes a lot of human resources uh, to help refugees coming in. And, of course, you know, if somebody's in a, a horrible plight, you know, this is America. We want to help people to the most we can uh, to escape some horrible conditions in the world, but we can't take in everyone. And uh, eventually we have to – Put pressure on uh, these nations to re- reform their governments so they can meet the needs of their their people uh, better. But we have needs in America that need to be met, and it's not just financial money that we need to throw at these. It's it's the true human connections that we need to reach out. And so that's my petition. Uh, to my listeners and to conservatives out there is to be more aware and I hope to make you more aware of some things that we can do, uh, to make a difference. Um, so again, I'm going to go back to president Trump. President Trump got it. Uh, he, he understood, he saw a problem, he was pragmatic, and he tried to fix it. From prison reform, then to recognizing how hard it is for someone when they're exiting the prison system, have a felony on their, um, on their record, and, uh, and trying to make a fresh start. And so he enacted many different programs to help people as they're leaving prison to really try to change their lives and be successful upon upon departing um, their prison sentence. So and then he gets it on education that these families here in Baltimore, there's a young man that had a .18 GPA his senior year. And his mother never knew that he wasn't going to graduate, he had only passed two classes in the entire four years of his high school. And what's a shame on that is he he was ranked 50th in percentile in his graduating class or what would have been a graduating class, 50th percentile, which means 50 percent of that class had below a point one eight GPA. How does that happen in a school district that pays $17,000 per student to educate that the superintendent of that school district makes $380,000? How is that possible in America that we are cheating kids of any education out of total neglect? Yes, yes. We need vouchers. We need private school vouchers. We need charter schools in these liberal school districts that do not allow parents to find alternatives to their kids' education. That's where it starts, and President Trump got that. It won't ever happen under a Democrat. And uh, fortunately, we see some up-and-coming uh, leaders in the Baltimore and some of these other areas, and hopefully they will get elected. Um, anyway, that's... Is we're looking at the border crisis. No, it's much more than a border crisis. That border crisis is stopping us, both financially and with the human spirit, and uh, in the human. Um, I'm trying to think of the right word, but just that connection of being able to solve some of the problems we need to be putting our focus and attention to so we'll be back on the path forward uh, utah which again is the path forward for america in just a minute oh he told me i have 30 more seconds so i want to remind everyone that uh brixton's baked potato in downtown ogden utah is also a sponsor of this program if you want to find the best baked potato you've ever had in your life please stop by brixton's on 24th and kiesel in downtown ogden also, the Trump Tater, my favorite little character, is also a sponsor of this program. You can go to TrumpTater, T-A-T-E-R.com, and check out some of our Trump Tater products. Have not updated recently, but we have some cool products on there. So we'll be back on the Trump Tater, up on the Path for Utah, in just a minute. Welcome back to the Path Forward Utah. Uh, Still kind of tweaking on our name changes, but uh, right now that's the direction we're headed. We're working on a website and uh, sometimes the Path Forward Utah, it takes a lot of (laughs) Uh, articulation to make sure you understand what we're saying. So we're kind of playing with a couple of different name changes, but uh, that is the overall message is the path that we're going to take to move our state forward, to move our country forward. And um, that path is going to require us to have some strategy and some team effort to recognize and appreciate the, and this has become a dirty terminology, but it's not necessarily a, a dirty ideal, but diversity. And um, so diversity of thought, diversity of, you know, as we reach out to people. And so we put a team together that is a diverse team. And uh, hopefully that doesn't have a perverse th- thought in that, because it, it, unfortunately it's just one of those words that I think have been, um, mutilated in our in our system um, to the point where it's we can't use it when it's intended to be used effectively. So anyway, I I will use it because I think it's important that we recognize that um, as we are going to create a strategy and move in our state and our nation forward, that we do have to respect and have people with different Mindsets and different attributes at the table with us, and that's what I've tried to put together. So anyway, going to talk about some of the other crazy things going on in the world around us today to kind of wrap up this program. Again, just the utter hypocrisy of the left always amazes me. So we have Governor Cuomo out of uh, New York, and I'm going, where were these 30 women? um uh, before is it just a safe ground right now what is it that prompted all these allegations to come out uh against um, this governor was it because it became weakened after the nursing home scandal so these women felt safer what was it that uh motivated these women to come forward at this time i am not sure but i'm glad they did and uh again if you're a democrat i, I think of the governor of uh Virginia, I think it's Virginia. Was the governor of Virginia Northam the one that did was the blackface? Then he had a lieutenant governor that happened to be a black man uh, that was accused by black Democrat women of some horrific sexual allegations. But no one paid attention to these women that were abused because. You know, this was one of theirs on the the left. I mean, the same thing happened with Clinton. The people who accused President Clinton were not Republicans. They were Democrats, uh, devout Democrats to their party. And uh, you just look time and time again – Al Gore, Al Gore was never held accountable to some of these women and the accusations made against him. It's just, you know, one after another in the Democratic Party. You know, someone has a a legitimate allegation towards a Republican. Man, we fry them and throw them under the bus so quick that they don't know, you know, their heads are spinning. (laughs) And uh, even oftentimes before we even find out if it's a valid accusation. But in the Democrat Party, it takes us. An incredible amount of courage for these women to come forward because they know that their own party will not believe them, or even if they believe them, they will not care because they're not going to let one of their own go down. And uh, so, this momentum's being built up against Governor Cuomo. But what I find particularly interesting, interesting, is they want Governor—I uh, mean President Biden—to comment and Kamala Harris to comment. Well, what can they say? I mean, Kamala Harris felt like Joe Biden sexually assaulted one of his aides during the primary election. However, she was willing to vote for him because it was better alternative choice. (laughs) And she was willing to serve as his vice president, even though she believes he's a sexual predator. He's a sexual predator. Um, So what can they really say about Governor Cuomo? They can't. (laughs) So anyway, it's just kind of interesting to sit back and and really feel sorry for Democrat women because um, they have no voice. Their Me Too doesn't matter in the Democratic Party. So anyway, we'll have to kind of wait and see what happens. But definitely a total different standard for Democrats and Democrats. And for women in the Democratic Party, it's just really sad um, on how that plays out. Um, So, um, back on a couple of other things that are taking place uh, in our nation. January 6th, I'm just going to kind of touch on that just briefly. Again, we, we see like 300 people who have been charged now. Many of whom have not been given the opportunity of bail, And, you know, they didn't find any weapons among anybody. I mean, when they asked how many guns they confiscated, there was no guns that were confiscated by anybody that, that went on there. And I'm not trying to minimize this. I just feel that most of the people they have arrested were just ignorant people who got caught up in a crowd mentality. There are some that I'm sure deserve to be arrested. But one of those lives here in the state of Utah, who initially uh, was under house arrest, had to wear an ankle monitor and could not participate in social media. And uh, all those restrictions have been lifted for John Sullivan. Yet there's many people um, who there has not been documentation did anything more than John Sullivan did that are still sitting in jail with no bond, or no bail being offered to them. Um, again, they allowed people and I'm just I'm going to remind people on a regular basis that the Democrats, uh, Nancy Pelosi was in charge of the security of the Capitol building, not Donald Trump. Donald Trump offered uh to have 20,000 National Guard come in. Uh, multiple different institutions offered additional safety, and both Dancy Pelosi and the mayor of D.C. turned down any additional security. It was intentionally left uh, in, uh, unsecured. And uh, why, you know, we can only use our imaginations as to why they left it intentionally unsecured. But uh, on top of that... And once the additional security came in, they allowed people to exit. The, the Capitol that had their faces fully covered came with a Kevlar helmet on. I mean, really, who shows up to a friendly protest with a Kevlar helmet on and a backpack? These are the people they allowed to exit the Capitol building. Whether they were pro, far right or far left, we don't know because uh, they weren't forced to expose their identity. So it, it just kind of breaks my heart that uh, most of us here in America, and I think used, used to be, conservatives had greater appreciation and trust in our intelligence community. And at this point, that trust has been totally uh, eaten away the past four years when we saw nothing, no accountability on all the Russian hoax, on the abuse of the FISA warrants, um, on even, you know, this January 6th. And again, I'm all for holding people accountable on my my side too. If people, whoever went with the intentional act to attack our nation's capital uh, through breaking windows and pushing down uh, doors or being heavy-handed with our police at the Capitol, they should be punished. Uh, Innocent people that got caught up in a crowd mentality, uh, no, they shouldn't be punished. Uh, I mean, they should be punished, but it should be uh, in balance to criminal history, in balance to what they did. But uh, my frustration is that the real culprits of this were allowed to walk out without exposing who they were, whether, whether they were on the left or the right. Uh, and I believe that there were a lot more on the left that walked out because that's the mode of operation of Antifa is they cover their faces. They have helmets on. They had their backpacks. That's mode of operation. They changed the color for January 6th. But I believe in my heart that uh, Antifa were there and uh, and there's no accountability for them. Of course, I also believe that there were people on the far right, Proud Boys and other militant um uh, People on, on the right that uh, went there and felt justified in what they were doing. Again, it just, it breaks my heart that right now that for the most part, we as Americans don't trust trust our intelligence communities and what can we do to build up that trust? So I guess that's going to be a topic for ongoing topic on how we can build up trust in our intelligence communities again. But uh, in the meantime, we work on the small incremental steps of things that we can do to build trust in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our communities, and in our state. And uh, so that's going to be the path forward for Utah, and that will be the path forward for America, is building trust one person at a time. (laughs)